Troy, how you doing, mate? Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 10. Congratulations, you're the, the 10th person on the podcast. It's the first series done, actually, after 10. So just to finish off the series, um, that's you. We can how are you? Know it's, a, it's a pleasure and an honour to have me on, mate. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. And I'm glad to know that I'm uh, closing the year off and closing the, the season off with this, mate. Top man, top man. Um, so I'm going to kind of explain why I know you. Um, I've not just asked you on for, for no reason. I do know who you are. Um, so... <laughs> Most kind of most of my clients will know that Joe Parrish was my is my coach. He's who I signed up with for the high performance coach probably around about a year and a bit ago now. Um, he's obviously the coach's coach. He coaches me to be a better coach. You could you could kind of say it like that. Um, and Troy was probably in a similar position to me around about a year and a bit ago. Um, but Troy has really stepped the game up, and he is now part of the high performance coach. He is. Uh, he is lead of high performance um, alongside Joe and in the high performance coach. So this is how I know Troy. He is a big kind of part of, I suppose he's he's a big part of what I'm doing right now. He is essentially an, another kind of one of my coaches right now. And um, I learn a lot from this man. So yeah, mate, do you want to take it from your side and let everyone know who you are and why you can, uh, why you do this? Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate it, mate. So yeah, my name's Troy. I am now part of the coaching that Ryan is a part of as well. So um, yeah, I work alongside Joe Parrish, who's um, been my coach at one point as well, which has been hugely beneficial. And um, yeah, so in terms of what I do in my role now, yeah, just part of that. Um, obviously, to some extent now coaching Ryan as well, which has been superb. And the, mate, I've got to say the growth and progress you've had over the time I've known you has been like crazy man crazy so seriously well done on that um but yeah it turns about myself um yeah just a coach i've got my own coaching business as well i coach uh, gen pop people which is just the everyday nine to five average joe so i do that alongside the high performance coach as well um and yeah for me like the same as you ryan like i i love coaching and it's not because i love fitness and i love lifting weights it's because i love helping people like that is the most fulfilling thing for me to do and the way I now view what I do in the high performance coach and helping people like yourself is that the more coaches I can now help, the more of a knock-on effect that will then have on the people that they work with as well. So no doubt there's been conversations we've had where I've impacted your thought process maybe, which has then impacted your clients in a positive manner as well. And, and the same for you as well, mate. There's just times where we've had conversations and what you've said has impacted me, which then impacts other coaches and also people within my business as well, mate. So um yeah, that's, that's where I stand at this moment in time, just sort of juggling two businesses, if you like. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to what we can now produce with the coaching that you're involved in um, to step everything up again, to then step other people's lives up beyond what we do as coaches as well, which is going to be pretty exciting. Quality, mate. Quality. Um, and I think oh, there's an unstable internet connection that tends to happen at this house, but... What I wanted to know was, because I think it's quite an interesting story, I obviously know this already, but um, why was it that you kind of got interested in fitness in the actual first place? Like, what was, what was the thing that dragged you into that? Uh, I think for me, mate, like, I don't know. There's a couple of things really that got me into fitness, but I, I've been thinking about this question. It's a good question, mate. And one thing that sort of comes to mind now that you asked me, and like I say, there's loads of different things, but I think for me, it was like when I grew up, my dad was highly into fitness, um, which then gave me a bit of a leg up on the whole 
quote unquote bodybuilding scene and whatnot and what it meant meant to eat protein and whatnot. Um, but then as well, I was thinking what actually thrusted me into it was that my mum used to work at a, uh, it was a home's place gym at the time. And when I was 14 years old, she got me a job in the cafe there washing pots for a couple of years. And then within that gym, I just became friends with all the personal trainers, everyone that worked in the gym. So I saw how a like multi-million pound gym was ran behind the scenes and everything else. And it was just so interesting for me, but um, yeah, that sort of got me on my own journey. But then, like I say, like for me to now become a coach as well, it's more so about trying to replicate, replicate the positive impacts fitness has had on with me, both mentally and physically, and trying to now transport that over to other people that have not quite experienced that as well. Um, so that's, there's many reasons I could go on forever, but I think that's one sort of thing that just came to mind then, which I was actually thinking about this morning. So yeah, that's a good question, mate. Cool. Yeah. And have you, have you always, have you always been a coach? What, what have you kind of done in the past? And um, like other jobs that have almost led you to this place now? Yeah. So in the past I was a, well, I was at university. I did biomechanics and physiology uh, before that in college and in high school, I played rugby all uh, through then and then as well I've done previous coaching coaching qualifications with the RFU before that um, HSC coaching courses and, and all these good things in college and then when I came out of university I I was working in Hollister at the time as a quote-unquote model for them um, and then from there I then got into their postgraduate scheme which was then as a, an assistant manager I then got promoted a couple of times to different stores and worked for uh, the Abercrombie company for five years in total um, and then from that job I then realized that the, I think you've heard me say this before but the quickest way to find out what you want to do with your life is by finding out what you don't want to do yeah. so if you're currently in a position of oh I'm hating work or I'm not a fan of this relationship or whatever that may be that's then the catalyst for you to then look for something else which is going to be in a more positive light so based yeah. on that, when I was working in Hollister in my fifth year as a store manager, people saw me as my friends and my peers saw me as this person that was highly successful. I was 23 years old at the time. I was earning more money than I could shake a stick at. Um, and everyone was like, oh my God, you're working with like attractive people all day. You're earning great money. You've got this position. And I was like super, super unfulfilled at the time because it just, from the outside in, it looked amazing. And do you know what I mean? And I felt incredibly, uh, I felt almost like disappointed with myself because I was ungrateful for what I had. But in reality, I wasn't living within my highest values at all. It, I don't know if anyone listening to this now has ever uh, worked in retail, but it's it's soul-destroying. It's literally soul-destroying. No matter how much money you've got or the people you're with, it's, it's not a great job at all because it's not, again, it's not helping anyone. That's why I wasn't fulfilled. Yeah. So from that there, I then, like I said, finding out what I didn't want to do, then spurred me on to do what I did want to do, which was coaching. Um, but ultimately, before I wanted to dive into that, because I knew I was going to have that as a career and a lifelong thing, I wanted to go traveling first. So I did 18 months um, just traveling around and then got into coaching from there. So as much as I hated that job at the time um, with the Abercrombie brand, it then led me to where I am now, which is living within my highest values, helping people and yeah, man, just being pretty happy with things at the minute. <laughs> Unreal, mate. And I, I like the way you kind of said that there, like you need to do something, you need to do a job that you really don't want to do to find out what you do need to do. And I, I could definitely resonate with that. I've done some 
shitty jobs along the years. Um, Night Shift Amazon Warehouse was probably one of them. Just like you're, yeah. you're literally like, I mean, shifting a box to another place back and forward all night long. And you just you almost become a little bit brain dead through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I shared in a post the other day, like that was the, the tipping point for me. That was when I knew, I think it was literally like two days later, I actually went and signed up with Joe. Um, I was like, I'll save, save some money doing the night shift. And then saw Joe's page. Literally just like, it was like a spur of the moment thing as well. It wasn't necessarily like I was scouting it out for like weeks on end. It was more just a case of like, this guy seems like the right guy to help me. And then just went, did it like that. And it was kind of just, it was the point where it was like, you're either working here for the rest of your days or you're actually making something out of this personal training. And thankfully I went um, for the latter. It, for, it's, it forces you in, out of your comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Like it, ju- it, ju- it forces you to explore other options, which again is going to be out of your comfort zone. And, and it's obviously paid off for the both of us, mate, which is phenomenal. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, definitely, mate. So obviously know that, as I said at the start, me and you kind of joined with Joe at similar times. Um, where would you say you were at again that was kind of that was kind of I suppose that was almost mid-lockdown just a way to go into another lockdown um mm-hmm. how were you kind of where were you at physically and mentally at that moment in time uh when I signed up with Joe I was probably in the worst state I've ever been in in terms of physical emotional psychological the the works the whole nine yards like I was rock bottom i would say um in terms of like finances like literally everything rock that lockdown hit me hard like i thought i had a business before that because as you'll know as well and potentially some people listening to this is like if you're self-employed you your business is your baby and you tie much so much of your self-worth to that and then when lockdown happened i was a one-to-one trainer gyms got shut down i lost 80 90 of my clients and revenue and then that was a ref- in my mind, a reflection on me as a person. And then if you feel like that internally, that you've, you are 90% of you has been taken away or is a failure or anything like that, that's then a reflection in the external world. So then my body was a representation of that. I wasn't training. I wasn't eating right. I was watching Netflix for hours and hours and hours on end, like all day for days on end. And that just then took a spiral effect and a snowball effect into me, my efforts, my standards, my self-worth um and then yeah that's that was the point where I then reached out to Joe because I knew I knew that I was capable of a damn sight more and it was just circumstances I was admittedly falling victim to um but then I took the responsibility and the full ownership to then pull myself out of that um which I did and and yeah and and now we're here now on this call mate (laughs) quality um I think a similar position to me as well you just COVID came along and it was it was just the case of you just go into these horrendous habits and like I was I normalized every single day like this is it's a bit stupid but you know those chocolate Weetabix mini things you get like they're like calorific as anything I'd have a bowl of them every single day like and about halfway through the lockdown I started counting the calories with within them and we're talking like 1100 with like a protein shake in them um and I was wondering why I was putting on weight and I just I just thought it was just by chance, but it's like yeah, things yeah. like that. I just got into these horrendous habits and needed a, a little bit of a kick up the arse to realize where I was at. Yeah. I think the most important thing that I realized over lockdown 
I think it's quite important because it allows you to relate to your clients a lot more. So uh, the lockdown, because they always, a lot of the time, I'm not saying all of them or, you know, or anything like that, but a lot of the time, some clients do put coaches onto pedestals because, um, you know, it, there's this perception that we're maybe training all the time, eating well all the time. And I think a lot of us have maybe been doing that for a long, long time and have forgotten what it's like to go through real struggles. So I think lockdown was a really a good time to realign with clients and get to their level and be more relatable um, and more empathetic with them. And then the biggest thing I took away from lockdown was that it's never you that is failing. It is only your habits that are failing you. So it's not about you changing who you are. It's just about changing the habits that you are connected to day to day, which will then have the impact. So yeah, it's not you that fails. It's the habits that you actually have at that moment in time that are failing you more so than anything else. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, so I know that internet connection has went a little bit unstable again, but we could go down a total rabbit hole here. I know we could, um, but how, how do you get cleared on your values and why, why you basically want to do what it is that you want to do? So if it's lose some weight or it's run a marathon, like how do you get clear on how, how do you get clear on your values and how do you actually, how do you get out of bed in the morning? Like how do you wake up and think, right, why the hell am I doing this? Because I know you're quite sharp on this. <laughs> Very good question, mate. In terms of values, there's a couple of things we can dive into, but just, just running through them is, first of all, if you are struggling with your values and what you value in life, I would highly, highly recommend uh, either reading the book Values Factor by John D. Martini, um, or, and as well, if you've not got the time to read a book, he has a website where he'll ask you, I think it's 13 or 14 questions about what you do day to day, what you think about. And at the end of it, he then helps you determine your four highest values in life. That could be, uh, for example, mine is self-development, education, uh, helping others and my relationship. They're my four highest values. So then I now every single day have those four things in mind and whatever I'm doing with my tasks day to day, whether that's working, whether that's going on a walk or whatever that may be, I know I'm happy and fulfilled because they're related to them four highest values. So, you know what I mean? Like if I was to go out and if I was to go out and now do some work on a car for hours on end, I'll probably feel like I've wasted time because cars and engines and whatever like that isn't my highest values. But if I'm now on calls like this or calls with clients all day, I'm living within my highest values because that's helping others. Um, so that's one major, major thing in regards to that. Um, and as well, like just having to think about what do you enjoy doing most in a day and just making sure you can tailor either your job or your life around that as much as you possibly can. Yes, there's going to be times where you're not living within your highest values, but the idea is to do it as frequently as you can, um, not more so consistently um, as you can. Um, but in terms of the second question, mate, in regards to me now getting out of bed, I was asked this yesterday actually on a call. Um, and for me to get out of bed, mate, one of the, this is like the anchor point within my day. If I do this one thing, the rest of my day will nine times out of 10 be exactly how I want it to be. Now for me, getting out of bed on the first alarm is the most important thing because that is the first battle that you will have to overcome and the first challenge of your day before you even open your eyes. So if you press snooze on that button, it's like you're setting the tone for the day. You've lost that first battle. Whereas if you press, uh, if you get out of bed on that first alarm and you've won the first battle, it sets the tone and you just put momentum up from that. And I was asked how, how I get out of bed. Cause it's all good and well me saying, yeah, get out on the first alarm. Like, um, but to actually do that um, first things first, like I, 
anyone listening to this, I don't want you to think that I do this every single day. Like last week, I didn't get on the first line. It's fine. It's allowed. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to be just doing the best we can. But in saying that, what gets me out of bed is knowing that it's going to set my day up right. And then two is that I, when I get out of bed before my girlfriend every single morning. And the thought that goes through my head when I'm debating whether to snooze or not is that, do I want to still be lying in bed when my girlfriend wakes up? Or do I want my girlfriend to wake up and know that I'm out of bed at half six in the gym, doing X, Y, and Z, looking after myself to be a better boyfriend, to look after my health and fitness, to improve my business, to create more revenue, to look after our lives. And for her to wake up thinking, yes, Troy's not in bed with me now, but he's out there fucking being the best he can be living within his highest values, leading this relationship by example and being a, mach- a machine of a man, if you like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 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 that's what gets me out of bed. I want my girlfriend to look at me thinking, do you know what I mean? Like you are, I can't believe I'm with you to some extent, you know, in terms of like you, you're being the best you can be. And I couldn't ask so much more from a partner. And that's what inspired she, well, she inspires me to get out of bed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. leaning into that has been really powerful for me. Um, and don't get me wrong. There are a couple of weekends where I will stay in bed with her for, you know, 15 minute cuddles or whatever. I'm not this monster yeah. that always leaves her in bed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the time that is what I lean into, which is the most important thing, which is your reason why 100%. Yeah. I could totally resonate with that as well. Um, my girlfriend as well. She, at the start, when I've like, been going out about a year now, so she was basically, she w- was like, why do you always get up so early? Like, why are you always away and you're yeah. back like two hours later and I'm not even up yet? But for a start, I was like, I actually don't know. But see, when you put it that way, actually, it makes a lot of sense. And I think subconsciously you are kind of, you are thinking that. And now kinda, Ellie brought that more to the surface. Like, it's actually like, it's not the impressive, it's not the word, but she's almost glad that I am doing it and glad that I am yeah. going out there and kind of, making the most of my mornings um but no I think that is something that someone like everyone doesn't matter who you are is going to be able to resonate with and I must admit when you said that a couple of weeks ago I sometimes I think I must hear your voice in my head sometimes when I'm when I'm getting up and I'm like I hear that (laughs) alarm go off and I know I can give myself a a 10 minute snooze but I'm like no just do it get up yeah you lose this one you might lose the next one um and it's just uh especially on a Monday morning as well because as you said, it's not just about losing the battles through the day. It's about losing the. It's about losing Monday. Like if you lose Monday, then Tuesday becomes Monday, and it just gets so much harder. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it, there's something in that as well. What you're saying there, mate. Like I'll say this to my clients quite a lot as well. Is it's like doing the challenging things, like getting up on the first alarm, going to the gym, and and eating right. Like they're challenges within themselves to maybe get a to get an end result, like going to the gym and stuff, but the way I look at things like that is like, yes, there's probably like 30%, which is the physical side of it. But like the vast majority of why we do these things, like go to the gym, um, get out of bed on the first line is for the psychological resilience that that will build within you. Because then as and when life's challenges are thrown your way, like COVID, for example, you are far more better equipped mentally to deal with that situation rather than just bending and folding. Um, So yeah, just always putting that higher purpose on things is really powerful. Definitely, mate, 100%. Um, so next question, and again, this is something that I've heard you speak about in the past, is why do you think that actually being a little bit selfish can be beneficial for not just you, but actually everyone around you, everyone that's close to you? Um, why, would, why do you think that? 
simply because like if you aren't firing on all cylinders then you're you're no good for anyone else let alone yourself like in order to give 100% you need to be 100% if you wake up one day feeling like a 5 out of 10 your efforts and energy and connection and everything else is only going to be a 5 out of 10 you can't give more than you are so being selfish is actually selfless because let's say for example you have let's say for example you have a wife and you have two kids if you're at the top of that chain so if you are not firing all cylinders you can then not give your best to your wife you can then not give your best to your your wife can then not give her best to the kids whereas if you had that any other way and try to serve your wife before yourself again you can only give five percent to your wife that will then lead into her only be giving less than ten percent to the kids and so on and so forth it's it's a chain reaction and no matter who you are or who's listening to this whether you've got a hundred kids or no kids, you're still priority number one because, like I say, you're, you, yeah, you're you're not firing all cylinders. You're not giving your absolute best to yourself and the people around you. So it's it's selfless rather than self. Well, yeah, it is selfish, but in a selfless way um, to be given to yourself to then give and um, to give out. And I always say as well, you can't pour from an empty cup. But ultimately, I've even heard a better saying since then, which is that. You don't want to pour from your cup. You want to pour from the overspill of your cup. So therefore, your cup needs to be a minimum 100% before you can then start giving out after that, um, which I think yeah. is quite powerful. Definitely, mate. And you hear it all the time, and it's it's quite a hard thing for people to really take on board because they've just been so used to putting the kids first, wife first, putting work first, mm-hmm. and they think this is what I need to do to be a good dad, a good husband, a good wife, whatever it is, but it completely takes away from the fact of, yes, you may think in the back of your head that this is what you need to do to be a good husband, but actually taking a step back and thinking, right, let's put you to the side for a second and think about myself. Even if it's just, if it's getting up a little bit early, going to the gym first, preparing your food, doing something for you that doesn't involve anyone else is going to allow you to then provide Mm -hmm. better for everyone else around about you. Um, after that, um, it's a hard mindset to get into for a lot of people, um, but it's something that yeah. everyone's going to benefit from. Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. And the thing is as well, like we are always, whether you know it or not, there will be at least, at least minimum one person within your life that is looking to you as an example. So whether that's a kid, whether that's a best friend, whether that's whoever that may be, particularly if it's kids as well, because they mimic what we do and not what we say. Um if you're leading the way and setting the example of prioritizing yourself, people around you will then start catching on to that. They will then start doing that. And ultimately, the better people are, the better the world can be. They'll be in a better place. Do you know what I mean? If people are better physically, mentally, psychologically, the world is going to be a better place. And it all starts to change the world globally. You have to start locally, which being start with yourself, lead by example, and then it just spreads. Um, so yeah, hopefully that'll be that'll be a powerful yeah. takeaway. Definitely, mate. I think a, a lot of people will be able to take something away from that. And if you are someone that's consistently just putting other people first, you're probably doing it from a good place. But try, I promise you, try putting yourself first and it will be of massive benefit to you. Yeah. So probably the most interesting topic we're going to speak about coming up, um, travel. First of all, mate, I want to know where you've been in the world. Give me top five. 
Top five. Um, my top number one is Thailand. That is my favorite country by far. The scenery, the people, the food, the price. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably there. Uh, I love Malaysia. Uh, Australia is superb. Uh, Canada is absolutely beautiful. Um, and yeah, probably, I don't know, I, Italy. Italy's my, Italy's got a sweet spot in my heart as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're my top five countries I've been to, I reckon. Oh, mate. And what did you feel you you got out of traveling? Because it's it's obviously something I've done as well. I went to Australia for a year. Um, what did you feel you kind of found out about yourself when you've done that? Um, I know a lot of people talk about traveling to, to find yourself, and it's a little bit cliche, <laughs> but I would argue that that is essentially what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mate, you'll probably resonate with, what, with a lot of what I'm saying here. Um, but like, and, and as cliche as it does sound, yeah, you, it's... I know they say it's about finding yourself, but it's also about maybe like uh, discovering yourself in terms of like, or maybe like building and expanding yourself and your own capabilities. That's what I took from it. Two, two major things I got from it is one, communication is key, no matter where you are in the world. That is the be all and end all of everything, communication, particularly in our job as well. Um, so communication and the fact that I can communicate with many other people and that we're all the same. Um, and then the second thing is like how capable I am of doing things like do you know what I mean? Like, same as you, mate. Like, we've traveled across the world. I've traveled Southeast Asia, where places where no one speaks English, and I've managed to shelter myself, feed myself, and, and all these good things. So, yeah, traveling taught me that, well, it's the best thing I've ever done for starters. And secondly, yeah, just we're all the same. So, you've got to be way more empathetic, empathetic and understanding with other people. And secondly, that you, you're capable of so much more than you ever think you are. So would you say, would that be fair to say for, you, for yourself, mate? Is there anything else you learned from it? Yeah, 100%, mate, because I kind of, I went out on the basis of, I was a coach, I was a football coach at that time, probably. And, and the job was, you're going to be a lifeguard and a swimming coach. So mm. to kind of make things clear, I'm shit at swimming. So it was a case <laughs> of getting there within one week, you were in a pool learning how to teach kids to swim. And this was anything from like three-year-old up to like, 18, 19, like going into, how would you call it? Like county swimming and stuff like that. So here's me like in a pool within a week, first of all, like having to make sure toddlers aren't drowning, but at the same time having to coach kids that are physically better than me at swimming by a long, long shot. And that is something that put me majorly out of my comfort zone um, for a good six months of being there. Um, but it just led me to believe like, you've went and traveled across the world, you've actually learned how to coach a new sport and you didn't you didn't crumble, you were able to do it alongside loads of other different things. Um, but even if the opportunity arises and someone's like, you're going, you're going over here and you're going to help people go down water slides or you're going to be working on a farm or something like that, I'd honestly recommend it, even if it's just for a year of your life, um, just do it and just go and experience another part of the world. It doesn't have to be Australia. There's loads of different places you can you can do these things. Maybe not now, but in the near future, there will be these opportunities again. I would say, like, if you're going, if this is advice for going traveling, my biggest piece of advice would be like, before you come back from traveling, make sure you're mentally in a good place because leaving that life behind is is very difficult to do to come back to reality. It's very, very, yeah. very difficult to do. Um, so yeah, just make sure you have a good time, but be aware that it is temporary and, you, and you, you've got to come back to reality at some point. Yeah, that, that was kind of my next point. And it was 
the, the challenge. I know anyone listening to this has traveled for a long term um, and they've come back. It takes a hell of a lot of adjusting um, and it made it even harder that I kind of got punted out as well. Um, <laughs> so it's like it takes a hell of a lot of adjusting and you kind of need to know you've got something. You don't have to have something sorted on the way back, but I would very much recommend making sure you know, get your shit together and know what you're doing because um, it can can drop back down hard when that plane lands in, in the UK. It can um, it definitely took a massive effect on me. I don't know about you. Yeah, 100%, mate. It took me a very, very long time to readjust and um, screw my head back on effectively. <laughs> yeah, not easy at all. Um, so, mate, what's 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 the plans for, for the future, um, the near future, the, the long term? It's uh, a good question, mate. Long term? Well, sooner than long term is going to be short term would be uh, probably just building a high performance coach to the to more than what it is now. We're not quite sure. Well, we've got a loose idea of what that will look like, but not entirely. But just by putting one step in front of the other, like, yeah, just I don't look too far ahead in the future. It's more so about what can I do today to be, and again, so cliche, but what can I do today to be better than yesterday and just improving, improving each and every day. Um, but yeah, for me now, it's just about building out the high performance coach over the next couple of years to to what it truly can be and reach its potential, which is going to be absolutely crazy. Um, in terms of my own business outside of that, that is currently, uh, I'm just sort of letting that naturally fade out on its own. Um, so I can then be all in with a high performance coach because uh, I feel my abilities and talents and skills and whatnot can be put to better use in helping more people in that side of things. Um, and then, yeah, from there, potentially now, well, COVID, um, COVID permitted, I want to be going traveling a little bit more, a couple of like extended holidays, maybe a month here, a month there in, yeah. in Southeast Asia and yeah, and just get back out there and back on some some moped in the jungle or something and, and living life with it, um, which is the plan, mate. Think Tank Thursday with a Chang in hand. That's the one, yeah, yeah, that's the one, mate. Parrot on the shoulder, Chang in hand on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Um, so a couple of little quick fire questions. So podcast or book recommendation can be one, could be three, whatever. I've got, well, three book recommendations come to mind, which I actually suggested the other day to someone is um, a book called The Compound Effect. That is exactly. brilliant for people in our industry or people that are trying to achieve a goal and just the importance of incremental improvements, which then add into bigger things over time. So uh, The Compound Effect, I'll definitely recommend that. Uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. That's about his time in the Marines and taking full ownership on, on life effectively. And it allows you to empower yourself with the decision you make and the challenges in life. And then a final one as well, which isn't like a self-help book or anything like that. Um, Anthony Kiedis, Scar Tissue. He's the lead singer of the Red Lot Chili Peppers. That's like that man has had one wild, wild life. And I would highly yeah. recommend it. It gives you a, a bigger appreciation for their music as well, as well as them as a person, which is, yeah, which is cool. Really cool. Plus, um, I've read one of the three there. I'll need to get the, the other two, um, the other two read. Um, and then one question, a little bit off the off the bat. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone just starting their fitness journey tomorrow, what would you say to them? If you could pick one bit of advice, uh, that's a very good question, mate. And just go all in. I just literally go all in. Just like just go all in. You know what I mean? Because like from my experience with people, like the people that go all in, they go all the way. Yeah. Whereas if you're, 
you literally get out of your journey what you put into it, like literally. So whether you're starting with with yourself as a coach or any other coach or or whatever, particularly if you're working with a coach, go all in and, and lean into that coach and trust that coach as much as you can because they will, well, if it's within our circle anyway of coaching, <laughs> they will not steer you wrong. They know exactly what they're talking about. And if you... And obviously it's not as simple as this. Like if you follow what they say to the T, you will get to exactly where you want to be. If you cannot follow what it is that they're saying, literally ask the question, take full ownership and say, listen, I don't understand what this is. Can you please explain that? And, and be willing to look foolish on your journey and understand that failure is a part of it. Like it's not, it's not a straight line. It's a lifetime thing. And I would just say, and I don't mean go all in like chicken, broccoli and rice. I mean, just go all in with whatever process you have been given or you feel is going to be best at that moment in time. And, and, it, and it will literally pay off. Uh, it, it literally will, yeah, literally. Perfect, mate. Um, yeah, that wraps us up. That was, that was unreal, mate. That was really good. Um, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And yeah, that'll get uploaded this, this afternoon. Um, unreal. Um, thank you for being there. The 10th podcast mate new series no, I, will start I, in january I, I, think. I appreciate you uh having me on mate and if we ever well maybe like in a year's time when we've got a bit more uh knowledge and experience under our belts we can have another one mate i've, I've enjoyed it so thanks for having me on mate really appreciate it 100 mate thank you very much i'll catch you in a bit